Hi. Hi, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm really good. Was it storming crazy at your house last night? Yeah, it actually still is. Like, it's thundering and lightning. I kind of like it. I'm, I have to say, I it was kind of cozy. Like, we slept in this morning, and it was kind of nice. And I don't say that usually because I'm not a – I don't really love stormy weather most of the time. Yeah, it's not my preferred choice, but I I really liked it last night. It was pretty it was pretty crazy. Yeah, I love that. How are you? I feel like I haven't talked to you in so long. <clears throat> Good. I feel like you know how everybody says like they're like in their era because of, like the Taylor Swift. Oh yes. Yes, I do. I'm like in my allergy era. <laughs> it's like the least sexy sexiest era. It actually really is. I, I know. Oh, Han, that's terrible. It's okay. I mean, it's like every spring. It's just funny because I was like, wow, this this is my uh, Taylor Swift allergy era. Yeah. Oh, you're like constantly blowing your nose. You just like walk around with a tissue box. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I very much get it. Yeah. There's, you know, it is what it is. That's all right. Yeah. What era are you in right now? I was just trying to think of that. <laughs> if I had to say what era I'm in, I am in, I think I'm in my struggling as a parent era. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've had that era. <laughs> so we're just, <laughs> yeah, it's teenagers, man. Like, isn't it fun? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I I don't know that even if people try to prepare you, I don't know if they fully prepare you. You know what I mean? Oh, like, I know what you mean? Yes. So we're we're navigating that. It, it, it's actually we're on like the up and up of it. So I think I'm coming out of that era, but I'm coming out of it cautiously, just in case like I get a left hook. You know what I mean? Yes, that's the, a thunderstorm of an era. For sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we're yeah we're making some great progress but whoo she's been a doozy yeah I mean I changing from a child to like a young woman is is incredibly just like insane it it will really really end up being hard on like a lot of people because it is hard it it is and you're like because you remember, right? Like you remember when you thought your parents were the worst and you remember when you thought like every rule they had was stupid and, you know, you hated them. And Mm -hmm. so it's like, not that Ava, she's never said like, I hate you or anything, thank God. But it's just like, I'm not trying to make your life a living hell, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just, you want to, sit down and have these conversations of like can you just see this from my perspective and they're like can you just see this from mine you know and you're like boo I've been you we've actually was I was worse than you actually but and that's the other thing too it's like (laughs) there's levels to it right because it's like well at least she's not doing 
you know, the stuff I was doing when I was that age, but it's like, but it's still, you still have to have these conversations and these like, I don't know. So you're like, is it actually that bad? Is it? I don't know. (laughs) No, I get it. I get it. So. Yeah. And you, I mean, I've learned to just to like with kids with, I mean, with so many things in life, even, I don't know, uh, with like clients in a business and stuff too, you just have to really, really go into conversations knowing that like nothing's personal. Uh-huh. Like, even if I feel like my kids hate me or whatever the situation I'm in at work, yeah, in my business, I'm just like, anyone's reaction to anything almost always is what's going on with them, you know? Totally. Well, one of my my business coach actually, I he's like, he's so much more than my business coach at this point. He's like my life coach, I think, but we've been talking just a lot about, you know, navigating this season for me. And he, one of the things he said that just really stuck with me that I have been applying everywhere because it really felt like our world was, our world was turned upside down for a minute. And he just kept repeating to me, like feelings are fleeting and it feels so intense right now because it is, but he's like, it's not always going to feel this way. And so that was something I just had to continue reminding myself. But now I find myself in coaching conversations like, well, feelings are fleeting. You know what I mean? Because I'm Mm -hmm. like, that is the most, it's so simple, but in, in any given moment, it can just feel so intense and so heavy and like, the worst thing you're going to go through in your whole entire life. And maybe at the time it is, but it's going to pass and like the emotions going to wear off and, you know, so it, yeah, it was, that was really helpful advice for me. That is helpful. It's, it's like, yeah, like they're fleeting because like they're only a part of the story too. So Uh you're going to turn the page and have like a whole new set of emotions. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, and to separate, I think I've learned to separate myself from whatever is like, you know, as in our whole life, like as people, we're just like a mix of different ingredients and like feelings are, you know, a part or emotions are a part of that. But like, it's not the whole meal. No. You know what I've been doing at the gym? This is kind of the same thing. Tell me. I, (laughs) as you know fucking hate working out like you hate it it's a hard hard like <sighs> emotional struggle that, that I go through and not even emotional it's just mental so I've been when I'm like oh, I want to throw up I'm just like so dramatic in my head when I'm working out because that's I'm telling myself it's terrible I've started telling myself that my body is just a vessel and that I need to not, when I lift weights and work out, I need to not think any thoughts and just remember that, like, basically, I'm just maintenancing my vessel and I have to do it. Mm. And, like, it makes me stop feeling feelings when I'm just like, oh, this is all for the vessel. 
like right you know because I'm like imagine my body is like the ship that's just gonna carry me out to sea and it's like well if I have holes in this vessel it's going I'm going to sink so it's like I just have to do the repairs and maintenance I need to do and just like even having that conversation with me with myself in my head which is an absolute insane conversation to have in your head I feel like because the fact that I just have to have this conversation with myself to get through a workout but it does take me out of like me just hating every second of it yeah and like making it worse than it needs to be yeah because it's like basically I'm like come on just stop stop hating it and just know that this is just like what you have to do yeah yeah and then I'm done with my workout by the time that conversation all goes down with me myself and I but don't you feel like I don't you feel like there's a way to say this to yourself through every hard thing with your business though too like with a price increase that you're super nervous about or a schedule change or enforcing policies or boundaries in some way like we have you're able to take the dramatic and the emotion out of it because it's not something that needs dramatics or emotion tied to it right and that's a lot easier said than done inside of something like a price increase because a lot of people have money mindset struggles or boundary struggles and those are deeper layered things a lot of times than just oh just raise your prices or just change your schedule and like stick to your schedule but we I think do make it worse on ourselves by adding in the emotions, the unnecessary emotions, um, the ones that are just dramatic or like my whole entire clientele is going to leave me or, you know, the stories that we create in our heads. Yeah. Yes. Because I think it, and it applies to everything. So it's like, once you, I feel like I was able to see the drama in that was going on inside of me, the unnecessary like feelings and just getting worked up about how much I hate working out. Yeah, because I've I've gotten over that hurdle and other things like my business like I'm literally dead inside about price increases or schedule changes because because I've worked myself through all those yeah dramatic feelings and emotions for so many years but it's like and for so long I mean I would stay up at night like not being able to sleep worrying about having conversations with clients about like price increases also when we have these conversations these uh these practice conversations in our head with clients it's always the worst clients we don't even like anyways basically (laughs) you are a thousand percent correct because like a client that I actually love and like I don't have heart palpitations from thinking about is like a client that would never ever be a weirdo about price increases and if they couldn't afford it they they would just be like okay yeah can you refer me to someone maybe that you know that's right you know different price point it's like it's isn't it so crazy how it's like all twisted yeah it it is twisted and I think I think a lot of that comes from because in our business we're taught first how to build relationships And so our businesses are built first on relationships, but those aren't necessarily 
healthy relationships that are established with a boundary or because those are hard things that unless you're taught that from your your parents or an, somebody who's inf- been influential <coughs> to you, you we don't know how to create relationships with boundaries like like normal you know relationships with our partners or our families so we're starting a basis a business basis first on building the foundation of a relationship and then we realize 10 years down the line when we're burnt out and we're frazzled and that these relationships are the thing we focused on, but rather than the business building, right? Versus if you can establish how your business is going to run and function and how you're going to expect people to engage with your business, you set that relationship up differently from the jump. But because that's not taught and instilled when we're going through cosmetology school or we're not being mentored that way, we're focusing on, I have to make these clients like me. I have to adapt to them. I have to do what they want and what they need so that I can maintain them as a client versus saying, hey, these are my operating hours. If these operating hours don't work for you, that's fine. Here's somebody that I can refer you to. These are my prices. These are the prices that my business needs to be to be profitable and this is how the process goes to become my client, right? But we're not leading with that. So we have to then teach ourselves while trying to break this, these relationship habits that we've built with these people now who we love, but the relationship isn't necessarily serving us because we are trying to cater our business around people who in in all aspects, they may love us, but they don't respect us as a business owner. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it all is just comes back to like self-love, self-respect, self-esteem. Obviously it's much more than our business. And I think it's a reflection. If you let clients kind of treat you a certain way or not really, you don't really have any personal or business, any clear boundaries about how you want to be treated, I'd be willing to bet most of your other relationships are kind of boundaryless too. Mm-hmm. And it's like a reoccurring theme in your life. At least it was for me for a long time. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that completely. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's like once <laughs> you really have to commit to cleaning it all up, once you realize, like, oh, the world is not really clear about how I want to be treated and that's my fault number one but number two like okay I have to figure out how I want to be treated and then act accordingly and if I can't then I have to figure out why I can't tell or why I can't like withhold or uphold my own standards for that and like yeah what does that say about me like do I need to learn how to actually love myself and figure out who I am and right you know, it's a, it's a long road, but like it all starts to make sense once you figure out, I think how you want to be treated, what your expectations are. So what do you feel if somebody is listening to this and they're like, okay, this is me. I'm there. I'm the person who's 
burnt out. I'm stressed. My clients, I don't love them. There's no respect. Like, and again, like you said, it's, you've allowed that. So there is accountability that has to take place first. Do you feel like that's the first step in making a shift? Because we think, I think in our brains, we're like, oh, I'll just go to another training or I'll just go to, I'll learn another class. But it really isn't actually about business on on the underneath layer, right? Yeah. So what do you feel like the first step in fixing that is? I guess that's my question. What's the first step in making a positive change from like the fundamental level and also like the deep personal level? I think you have to find where, I think you have to commit to and be willing to figure out, figuring out where the root issue is. Like that's, that's the only thing that truly like started making sense to me. So I was like, okay, I need to be, or I want to be confident in my business what is confidence? And then I was like, okay, well, confidence is like, or who do I see that has confidence and like, how can I mimic those things? So I'm like, okay, confidence is, um, you know, not being afraid to talk to clients about money or not, um, getting upset about somebody deciding to go to another stylist or whatever. And if it's like, if I couldn't, if I couldn't like find or have that confidence that I needed to have. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why can't, or why isn't that there? Like, why isn't that confidence there? And then I personally, I started just like following that little thread deeper and deeper and deeper until mine led me to, okay, I have some unresolved childhood issues as mm-hmm. I believe we probably all do that were just old stories rotting around in my head about yeah. who I <clears throat> was telling myself I was but in fact was not and so then I mean it's kind, it's kind of exciting once you really figure out what what the old versions of you are that are not serving you you know like what they actually are like oh they're hurt little girl or oh they're you know a chubby little girl that doesn't have physical confidence or they're a you know somebody who was the bully in, in school and maybe you regret that or whatever. Yeah. Being able to go back and be like, okay, we got to put this to rest. I'm not that person anymore. I forgive that part of me and I'm better and I love myself. And then moving on to the next thing, you know? Yeah. But I honestly think that's, I look at people so differently now in business, outside of business in any way since I have been able to like see the parts of me that were like hurt and how they acted out Mm -hmm. and like go back and, and deal with those old versions of me. I I think that other people now, you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't you think it gives you so much more empathy? Oh yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, I think the understanding that you just start to have once you really see the hard parts of you and then, forgive those hard parts of you and then move on it's like you start to be like oh okay that's in everybody like you were saying yeah so I can like I can pretty much relate to anybody and I can see when 
and other people when like their wounded child or sad child is like talking in the conversation I'm like oh this isn't about me at all like they're talking from a you know um a kid that needed more attention or whatever you know yeah does that like is that adding up I feel like yeah I don't want to be too specific about any one thing but I think in general most people would understand yeah I think it makes a lot of sense I think that's the hard part though like sitting with yourself in that space because a lot of times at least at least for me I would say you know you I walked around for so long not really conscious of any of those things or trying to be conscious of those things like why is this upsetting to me or why does this make me feel any sort of a way there's there's a reason there and like you said it it stems back a lot of times to something and a lot of the times it's something that hasn't been healed or worked through but if you're not being conscious to pause and think what is it about this thing that is so upsetting you skip right over it and you keep operating under the current status quo where you're at you know what I mean Mm -hmm. yeah nothing's ever the or or the, the world's fault like that when I really started thinking like that I'm like nothing's anyone else's fault like it's just what are the thoughts that I'm having about the situation why are those thoughts and feelings coming up and then like if I don't like feeling that way like how do I figure out maybe how to get more comfortable with like like an emotion like sadness it's like you're Mm -hmm. never gonna get rid of that you actually need it you need to be able to yeah but like I'm I'm talking more about like if you um if you interact with a client let's say and you're like genuinely like I hate that fucking bitch like I hate her so much it's like what do you hate about her number one and is do you hate that she was like rude or inconsiderate or no showed you and doesn't tip it's like well those are all things that you kind of set yourself up for because you either you weren't clear about how the interaction was supposed to go or you know you took them on as a client when you probably know you shouldn't have you know what I mean all these things that you had control or had the ability to change at some point and didn't deal with for whatever reason so it's like you don't really hate that client you're just mad at yourself that you're in this pickle you know right but if you because it's easier to blame outside sources or whatever outside scenarios situations people then to say what was my own role in this mm-hmm. it's it's hard I remember <clears throat> My business coach told me, he's like, when you can learn to take accountability for every single thing in your life and everything that happens to quote unquote to you, for you, whatever, he's like, you remove any bitterness or anger at anything other than what you either are doing or not doing. And he gave the example of like a car accident. And it was like, you're on your way to work and you get into this car accident and it's easy to get out and like, but it wasn't your fault. It's easy to get out and you start screaming at the other driver. Like you ran into me. How could you do this? Blah, 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 blah. 
But instead of that, if you're pausing and saying, I'm in this car accident because I left my house 10 minutes later than I should have, if I would have just gotten out the door on time, or I had to swing through Starbucks and I took a different way, if I just would have waited and stopped at my normal Starbucks, blah, 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 blah. Like when it removes that anger that you're going to feel towards that driver, right? You know what I mean? Like there are just so many different things where it's like, how can I take that accountability? So sitting with this client who, you know, that anger you're feeling when they know showed you and when she's saying, well, questioning your pricing or whatever that is. And you're like, okay, what's my role in this? Why is she no showing me? Well, it's probably because I don't have strict cancellation policies. Or if she does cancel, I go out of my way to accommodate her new appointment that she's demanding that she has instead of saying, I actually don't have anything available for eight weeks. Mm -hmm. If she can't get in for eight weeks with you, guess what she's not going to do again? No show you. Or she's going to leave and go find somebody else. That's not a client that you want anyway. You know? So it's like, okay, I need to enforce my cancellation policy. Or, okay, she's challenging me on my pricing well, how am I delivering my pricing? Am I confident when I'm saying, hey, this is what it's going to be? Or am I timid in my delivery? Or am I unsure of why I'm pricing my services the way I am pricing them? So when somebody challenges me, it feels like an attack because I actually don't know the basis for what and why and how I'm operating my business. So it's like highlighting an insecurity, both of which are our fault. It's not the client's fault, especially if it wasn't clear. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's powerful too. Once you, once you can like own those mistakes and once like, I picture myself as like in Vegas as like a, okay, I'm a blackjack dealer Mm. and I would sit at your table for sure. Thanks. Thanks. I would honestly, I would like, I feel like I would be so pretty with my little vest on, you know? Yeah. Um, your nails would look so good dealing the cards. I know. Gosh. Um, so you're like, you have your deck of cards in front of you and we are all, you know, just the main character in our own lives. So like, we're all a blackjack dealer and every single day you're like, okay, I just have to, every single person has to flip up cards and like, you don't know what you're going to get, but everybody's going to pull a car accident or, um, a broken arm or you know what I mean like yeah or a flooded basement like those cards are all in the deck and nobody gets out of it like everybody has to pull a shitty card every Mm -hmm. couple sometimes weeks months whatever so like it is just so insane to me when people are like so bent out of shape about like getting rear-ended or like you know anything random because I'm like yeah you don't get to flip up all sunshines butterflies and rainbow cards every day like right just the gamble that life is I'm not sure who lied to you but like you know most of the time I think we all flip up a card that we're like okay I can deal with this but every once in a while it's your turn you know like you're today you have the rear-ended card yeah and like everybody gets one you know it's not like people I think people like we were talking about earlier we get in our emotions and 
our feelings and it, things just become so unnecessarily dramatic in our head. Mm-hmm. And then we spiral out instead of being like, I need to zoom out. This is not that big of a deal. You know, I obviously knew going into being a business owner, even if it's just yourself in the business that you're going to have to talk to people about money or talk to people about your schedule. It's like things don't have to be that large of a deal and you're going to have to deal with it. Yeah. I Mm. think, I think like you said, it goes back to that, to that story, like making it more dramatic. How many times do you have to have a hard or you've needed to have a hard conversation with somebody and you already have the story of how they're going to respond or you've played it out over and over in your head and you think it's going to go this one certain way and when you actually sit down with them and you're like hey this is how I was feeling or this is what I'm experiencing and they end up being like oh my gosh like I'm so sorry it's no big deal but we were just so worked up and in a tizzy over something that we didn't need to be. So it's getting a hold of those stories and and pausing them before they start running the show. Because if we're letting the stories in our mind <laughs> dictate our reality that's not actually a reality yet, we stay in this headspace that it's not a good space to be in. No. No. And nobody's going to... I have a... um something very personal that's going on that can relate to this nobody's going to like literally no one's going to fix any of it like Mm. no one no course no method no class no shadowing date no color line (laughs) styling line like none of this is going to do anything for you honestly you can utilize these things inside your business but they're not going to be the magic shift uh-uh. in your business. You have to be that magic shift. I, um, I've just been having some like health things going on. And after I really sat down and like thought about it, like there's just like a whole shit storm of stuff going on, but, um, oh, man. I'm, I mean, it's okay. Like, it's just, uh, it's like an ongoing thing. Yeah. But I like really sat back and, and thought about it, you know, and I like let myself have a little pity party, which I think we should do for ourselves, even if we're struggling in our business. It's like, give yourself some time to just like sit down and cry or be like, this fucking sucks, dude. Like these clients are mean to me or like, um, I, you know, my booth rent just got raised or whatever. Like be sad about it. It's okay. But like, then be like, okay, this is my problem. And there's not like. I can't just buy a course (laughs) to make it better. And I kind of got myself into a place with my health stuff where I basically, I think that I have been like over way over prescribed um, antibiotics for like the past two years. And so it's kind of put me into a place where I had to sit down with myself and be like, okay, when, you know, pharmaceuticals have, have been over prescribed and kind of depleted my body of necessary things I need to have like it was so easy for me to be like fuck these doctors like you know or whoever (laughs) like I can't believe they would you know but it's like at the end of the day if I didn't like you know if 
if I didn't think my issue was getting hurt or fixed or considered in the right way, I could have found another doctor. Like no one was shoving pills down my throat, you know? Right. At any point I could have snapped out of it and done a little more research for myself or, you know, gotten second opinions. But like instead, because I didn't know, you know, I was like trusting or mm-hmm. I was assuming these people, you know, aren't, are looking out for my best interests and clients are the same way. It's like everyone, every single person on earth is working number one in accordance with what's in their best interest. That's a very natural thing. That's not evil. That's not, you know, a bad thing. It's like, we are all programmed to be like that. But when it obviously moves into like a higher level or then they're acting in their best interest, like, for large sums of money or, you know, to hurt people or whatever. That's, that's evil, obviously. Right. But like, we all need to be doing what's best for us with as little negative impact to other people. And if we're not doing that, then like somebody else's best interest is, is driving the car. So like, I didn't realize I was just trusting other people to take care of me or to, help my body when in reality like that was my job I needed to be like is this in my best interest instead of being like they're the professional they're the doctor and it's like they're not the doctor of my body yeah you know they're just doing what they think will help to get them to the end of their day and go home and have their life you know yeah so I mean and and it's it's very similar to what goes on in our businesses when we one day are like I think I'm sick or like, I think my business is kind of sick, you mm-hmm. know, like, oh, all those fucking methods and trainings and shadowings and online courses I bought are just sitting in a pile mm-hmm. energetically somewhere in my, you know, yeah, in my mind. And I, I can't apply them to my business and make any real changes because like, there's deeper things in your business. You're not keeping up on your QuickBooks or your bookkeeping. You're not um, doing an effective inventory system of your retail products. You know, you're not like making cancellation policies and being clear with your clients about that type of stuff. So there's so many little piles of hot steaming shit in your business. Right. No method is going to, is going to fix that. No they're not you have to go in and and find out what works for you and your business and that's what's cool about when you do oh my gosh the baby is so obnoxious right now I'm sorry if you can hear her I cannot hear her at all I wish I could screaming like a duck that's like in pain or something oh my gosh that's amazing (laughs) but sorry I'm I'm just like I'm passionate about this now because it's the same thing in in any in any situation you find yourself in, whether it's your own health or your business or your marriage, your parenting, you know, like if it's not going well, it's your job to figure out like, how do I get this going well? Yeah. A thousand percent. And it looks different for everybody. And I think it does. That's what is exciting about, you know, that's what's exciting about in business specifically Haley you've done a really good job of this is you figured out a way that works so well for you to run your business 
and to market yourself that it is so exciting to you to be able to share that with other people. Mm -hmm. But you're also fully aware, like, that's not your way of doing things. It's going to catch fire with a lot of people and help them tremendously, but it's not necessarily going to work for every single person. And you're okay with that. Like, it's not like you're mad. No, at all. And I think that's, we're all also limited by our own life experience. And in any given area, right? And so I can only share about what I've done, what has worked for me, what hasn't worked for me. And I can help people according to that. But like you said, Hannah, like there may be somebody who they, they need a different learning style or they need um, something that I haven't personally done. I'm not going to sit and and fake that I've done something that I, you know, haven't, mm-hmm. you know, but it's like we we're all doing the best with what we have and what we can. And it's also, like you said, being aware and realizing, okay, this has gotten me here so far and now I'm at a plateau. What do I have to do to get to that next level and and figuring it out and then maybe looking back and reflecting on oh so when I what I was doing here maybe it wasn't actually as great as I thought it was and and if I would have done this instead this would have put me in a little bit of a different position but it becomes a part of your story and a part of your journey that you can really share about and talk about in hopes that someone else can learn from something that took you a little longer than it necessarily needed to Yeah, no, that's a really great point that we are all just working from our own experience. That's absolutely correct. I think too, do you think that you, I think a lot of people like need to, need to have something majorly like rock their world, not in a good way, to be able to make a change. So like, even me with this, just the random stuff that's going on with me, it's not like I'm like walking around every day in pain or anything. feel too bad guys but like you know with me it was like I had to get to a point where I was like yeah there's something going on here but like I could have noticed all those little signs or a little like weird things along the way but I was just either in denial about it still trusting you know the wrong people instead of trusting myself Or just saying, like, I don't have time for this. I don't have time to be sick or I don't have time to whatever. And it's like, I mean, I'm glad that I caught, I'm glad that I'm, like, working on what I'm working on now. And I didn't really wait till I was, like, sick, sick. Yeah. But, like, I think that's what's hard in our business, too, is that I know a lot of times girls will, they'll try to pack, you know, we've all done this. You try to patch stuff by, Mm -hmm. uh, you know. buying new like you're like oh this k18 it's like k 18s not going to like make anything better but like we buy these little things or big things even and think like okay after this certification well my business is really going to take off and it's like no it's not like you if if you're like stuck or really 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 struggling or really feeling like I don't know if I can do this anymore or this, I don't, 
know what's going to happen because I don't have enough clients coming in or whatever. It's like, that's, that's going to need some more investigation. And it might even, it might even mean that you have to consider things that you did, that you think aren't real or you didn't want to consider, or you've seen other people do. And you're like, God, they're crazy. Like, I can't believe you do that. It's like, you may have to break out of your own mindset and be really uncomfortable with like walking across the street and trying what other people have tried, you know? Yeah. I have two things on what you just shared. The first thing where you were talking about having to get to this point it's it's your breaking point or it's it can be called threshold that's what like in the coaching world it's called your threshold and there it's hard for when people aren't in enough pain in something cuz because unfortunately pain is a motivating factor for a lot of people right so we make change out of pain we make decisions out of pain because we physically mentally and emotionally can't take it anymore and so when you reach your threshold it it usually helps jumpstart whether that's a price increase or in the concept text of business, right? Like it's like, I physically can't do this anymore. Or maybe it's, you're so overworked, like you just hit that breaking point. And through conversations that I have, I, I can tell if somebody's not at threshold yet. I'm like, that's, a, that's interesting. Yeah. And it's, I can look at them and I know like you're not at the point where you're in enough pain yet to want to raise your prices. You're uncomfortable and you don't like where you are, but you haven't hit that point where you just cannot take it anymore, where your current reality is so miserable, even though you don't like it, but you're still not willing to do anything about it. So it's, it can be, it's a thing in coaching where like, can you help get people to threshold, right? And you can do that through conversations, but it, it's hard. It's really, really hard to get somebody who isn't at threshold yet there because it's one of those things, right? Like how many times as a kid did your parents tell you not to do something, but until you experienced it for yourself, maybe two and three times, you finally learned your lesson. It's the same thing with with these scenarios. My favorite, when you were talking about not getting clients, that's one of my favorite conversations to have because not getting new clients, it's a lead issue, right? It's a marketing issue. When you are lacking leads, it's a marketing issue. Mm -hmm. But what happens is stylists are not willing to change what they're currently doing to start getting new leads, right? So it's, I'm going to complain and be upset. Well, I haven't had any new clients and new client inquiries in the last few months. And I can't, I, the first thing I do is I go back and I look at their social media. I'm like, well, you've made three posts in the last three months. So I don't really feel bad for you or know what to say to you because until you are willing to do something different to create a different result, your result is going to reflect what you're doing now. And it's, it's just interesting, but until they can see that, and a lot of times what it takes is 
posting consistently for three months to start seeing a positive change of like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden out of nowhere, I have all these new client inquiries where it's like, well, yeah, but look at what you've done on social media, right? I consistently say you can always tie back how busy you are in the salon, how many new leads you're getting, whatever, to what have you been doing on social media. But until you experience it and see it for yourself and it proves it to yourself, you're not going to believe it and you're not going to do it because you're so uncomfortable making a post on social media. So you're still not at that threshold with your new client leads. You're not frustrated enough or at your breaking point where you're willing to try something completely different. So it's, it's a really, really interesting concept from like a psychology standpoint. Yeah, that is honestly, like, I've never thought about it that way, but it's, it makes so much sense. And do you think, um, I don't know if it's always been like that. I'm sure like things have always in business kind of been like that, but I do think it's a symptom of like us having like DoorDash, like everything's so that type of thing where it's like to cook, to go to the grocery, cook a meal like sit down eat the meal is it takes a lot longer like yes it's going to be healthy for you overall it's going to benefit you in so many ways you're going to get the experience and enjoyment of you know making food with a loved one or whatever but it's like but yeah it's a lot more work and you don't automatically see those benefits you're just hungry and want to not be hungry so like you get something quick that over you know long period of time is costly and not healthy and like that kind of stuff I mean it's you can apply it to anything you can apply it to anything but it's like it because it literally applies to anything because hard things things that are hard to do typically like you get really really rewarding results from time and time again if you're consistent but like it's hard shit. Like it's hard. It hard is stuff, and it, it's same thing with me and like what's going on. Like I, instead of pulling back, like doing the own my own work, like um, reaching out to different people about like different health things, I would just like show back up at the doctor again and be like, you know, like wh- what do you think this time? It, it was like me hitting the DoorDash on my yeah. a thousand times instead of being like okay, that's not working. Like you were saying, Haley, that threshold is, um, that's a really, really interesting like concept and it it really applies to everything. Yeah. We're in an instant gratification time more now, more now than ever, I think. Mm -hmm. And so I think a thousand percent because you know, we get to this point of, okay, I'm going to market myself every day on social media and you do it for seven days and you're like, well, I'm not, I don't have new clients yet. So I'm like, it obviously isn't working, but it's like, you gave yourself seven days. Are you going to go into the gym and work out for seven days and then look in the mirror and say, well, why don't I have a six pack yet? No. Oh my God. No, you're going to be so sore. You're going to be so sore and you're going to be sad and you're going to be frustrated and you're not going to want to do it again the next week, but you're going to do it again the next week. And slowly it gets easier right? Because you start figuring out the workouts that your trainers laid out for you. You figure out a little bit what you're doing. So each time you go to the gym, like it takes you less and less time to get through your workout because you understand the workout flow. You understand what you're doing. You're not as sore, you know, going forward. So it's not as painful. The same thing happens with social media. It might take you two hours every day to make a post, 
for seven days, but guess what? It's because you haven't stepped into a creative flow or you, and you're, you're out of practice with that. Creativity is a muscle. It's it, creating content. It's something you have to practice in order to get better at. So those first two weeks are probably going to suck and be the worst and they are the hardest. But then after two weeks, maybe three, right? You're like, okay, like I'm figuring out what I like to post about and figuring out what my audience likes to see. Like I'm getting a little bit of reaction and engagement. I might not be seeing it inside of, you know, new client leads yet, but I, I feel better about what I'm doing. And the more you do it, the longer you do it, the you start seeing all of those benefits, right? You can look at somebody's transformation photos inside of the gym from month one to month three, and there's usually a pretty drastic difference. But if you're looking at somebody's one week versus four week, the differences are a lot more subtle. You know, you have to be looking for them a little bit more. It's the same thing. It's going to be the same thing with your health, and it's going to be the same thing with somebody's social media or getting to the point of raising their pricing or their schedule like it all is the same but you can't expect to snap your fingers you're setting yourself up for both failure and disappointment if you think you're just going to snap your fingers and it's going to be done and easy and then you're going to be able to sit back and talk about how great this journey has been for you I know it doesn't work that way the journey that you haven't been on y- yes um yeah. I think too that I had to come to a place in my business where, um, you know, I wanted, I, I wanted methods to like, kind of be like, Oh, that's, that's the, my ride that's going to take me there. You know, I wanted Mm -hmm. these things to be, to just carry me. I had to get to a point where I literally just completely lost my train of thought. Um, I methods thought they were gonna get you to a point oh oh now I remember sorry where I I realized in my in my business and in a lot of other ways in life I was like I was like why am I setting myself up to to be like okay when I do this in my business then everything will be fine knowing that like whatever this is I wouldn't like complete follow through with or like I was even able to do and I'm like well that's self-sabotaging behavior and we self-sabotage all the time if we if there's something deeper going on with us if if we truly deep down inside from childhood don't believe that we are either capable of having like good things in our life or you know maybe somebody told you like you're stupid or Mm -hmm. you're not pretty or whatever so you live with that story in your head and then you end up self-sabotaging because you truly believe like I'm not pretty enough for this or I'm not smart enough to do this and that's something you can go back in and change about yourself if you don't like like you are completely capable of reworking the the person that you show up as and think you are in the world And it's also, this is what I was going to say earlier. (laughs) It's like also just so annoying to be like just below that threshold area. It's like, because you're like, you're almost there, but you're like, you're just really letting your emotions and feelings 
they are, it's a circus. Your life is just a circus of freak show emotions that are not doing great. And that's what's running the show. But it's like, but the circus tent isn't burning yet, which would be threshold. So it's like, this is still going on with all these unhelpful feelings and emotions. And it's so annoying. Like, it's annoying for you. It's annoying for everyone around you because because you're letting it be so Mm -hmm. dramatic. And it's like, none of this has to be, it's like me working out. I'm like, God. I'm so annoying uh-huh. like and to myself. I'm like, working out is not that big of a deal. Yeah. But I let it get to a big deal. Totally. And, and like people can sit in that brink just before threshold for years, years. And that's self-sabotaging. And that means they almost are comfortable or they like being in a place of discomfort. And like, that's the biggest thing that I would look at, you know? Yes. A thousand percent. Because it's like, it's not that anything isn't going your way or that the world isn't there for the taking. It's that like, for whatever reason, you've gotten real comfortable in this mud puddle that you're sitting in, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's all very, very related. And, um, and that's, what's crazy about it. That is the part that blows my mind how much it all intertwines yeah I wonder if like you start to realize like I think because we've been so exposed to like the inside workings of like so many things even like um like these big hair shows that are just like a joke now like nobody cares about them let's be honest yeah but like they still like the industry still tries to like out of formality like go from city to city and have these hair shows with like and like we're all like what is happening I feel like because we all kind of see like so much through like Instagram and just everything we realize like this is fake like this is stupid Mm -hmm. this doesn't mean anything it's not gonna be honestly very helpful like it's a waste of time but before it was like we didn't know like people's lives or like what it was actually like to to I don't know just see how different people and businesses work we just thought like well this is what I have to do you know yeah yeah and so I think it's been neat for me personally and I'm like I don't know if this is just how everybody feels when they're at our age where they're like oh everything's connected but it's been interesting for me to be like oh yeah businesses like essentially tied back to our overall health as a human being like our Mm -hmm. your overall health like yeah yeah your mental yeah all of it yeah our parenting like everything It's, it's crazy and I think you know the faster you can realize that the quicker and the more I just think you set yourself up so differently um, because you stop navigating out of this place of like, I don't know, or my emotions are dictating what I'm doing. It's like you have a better understanding of like, you know, this makes sense, right? It's like people who, you know, when everything in, in your world feels like it's going great, right? Think about that. Like you're your personal life's great. Your business is great. Everything feels great. But then why is it also a thing where it's like, 
well, my personal life starts to fall apart, then I watch my business fall apart. Like those two things are, have a correlation. They go hand in hand. And so it's, it can be hard to sit and look in the mirror at that and say, oh shit, like there's a, my business is a reflection of my personal life right now, especially as a small business owner, you know? So it's, that can be a very hard pill to swallow and to take accountability for. Absolutely. This was not the conversation I thought we were having, but I think it was great. Same. Yeah. Maybe I really enjoyed it. Maybe she's, maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. We just had a very real conversation. Okay. Yeah. Real Um, life. I have a meeting too. This is not podcast related at all, but I have a meeting too. I need to get some good coffee recipe or a coffee like. Um, oh my god! I yeah, think from you. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Um, yeah, because I've been making homemade creamer. <laughs> Stop. Yeah, that's yeah. why I know that you were the girl that I was like, who? Because I want to kind of rejudge like my little coffee setup area. Yeah. Well, just so you know, like I'm not the girl. My sister is the girl. Yeah. I- steal it from her yeah 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 yeah. it's like so easy um I'll send you the links for everything you need and then do you have an espresso no that's that was my first um, oh I mean I would recommend the Nespresso personally sorry this is a little bit of a side thing um do you like you can stop listening now if you're like done with the podcast like this will just be Hannah and I's like conversation (laughs) this is just us talking now (laughs) Do you have, is your Nespresso like a specific model? Is that how that works? Yeah, they have different ones. Like, cause you can get the small pods or you can get the big ones. Like I do the big ones. It's, I think it's the Nespresso Virtuo. Um, and it's, there's a bundle, like you can, mine came with a frother, which I 20, if you plan to make your own coffee creamer, I 20 out of 10 recommend because it's, like I hate pouring cold creamer. I like my coffee to burn from the second it touches my lips until it settles in my stomach. I want it to be that hot. So oh gosh, you do like you like your uh, shampoo uh, session hot as well. Coffee. Yeah. So I will froth my creamer first, and it warms it. So you can either do a cold froth or a hot froth. And oh, cute. Yeah. And a little temperature thing. I didn't know. Yeah. So you add warm creamer to your hot coffee and. And then it burns all the way down and it's great. Wow. How very European of you. I know. Um, And then there's like all these different kinds of pods you can get, but they make the same big pods as they do the little pods, but I can send you the link for the one I have if you want. Okay. Um, So the big pods are probably like a 12 ounce cup of coffee and the little ones are probably just like an eight ounce. Like there, it's just the difference in like the size of coffee. I think so. Yeah. And like, like if I, I need to get a travel one because I just... Like anywhere I can take my big one, I do. But I'm like, why don't I just get a little tiny travel one? And that would be nice for those where you still can like get your fix. But because it's turned me into a snob now, like normal creamer is too sweet for me. And it tastes like chemically and like I can't drink it where this one's made out of all whole ingredients. So you you can feel good about drinking it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You're not worried about what you're putting into your body. Yeah. No, that's where I was kind of like headed towards is I, um, I just have like a regular Keurig right now. Oh yeah. That's trash. Yeah, I know. And I'm like trying to overhaul like all of my one little by little, not like all at once, but like some of my, you know, the habits of of the things that like I ingest and just, yeah. Oh my God. I got the nastiest, uh, Sadie and her husband recommended a toothpaste to me. Uh Uh-huh. 
um, the primal life. Yeah. It was, that was a rough road to, for me, I was in shock about that toothpaste. Yeah. That's what I used too. It took, do you like it now? Yeah. Yeah. I got the whitening, Uh uh, the orange, like whitening little thing. And that's like nice and minty. Yeah. Um, and helpful, but yeah, I'm about that. I was, um, a little inside baseball. I had a call with Haley's sister's husband because he's had some health issues over the Wait, years. You had, you did. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> Hanny it was super helpful. Yeah. Um, yeah, he like really, really was like the right person that I needed to talk to, honestly. Um, he's super knowledgeable. It's wild the stuff he knows about, especially like health stuff. It's crazy. Yeah, I've never felt more comfortable just completely ugly crying in front of <laughs> another person in my whole life. But like, I love I, that for you. Yeah, yeah, I know. And like the situ- or the conversations I've had with you and Sadie over you know the times that we've hung out you guys have both like always told me that um he's been through a lot with his health and so and uh Sadie's told me in the past like if you or any you know your husband or whoever ever has like health issues and you want to talk to Trevor about it like please do and I I got I reached threshold and I was like yeah something's going on and a normal office doctor has not been helpful up until this point so maybe I'll talk to somebody who's been through some of these things so yeah talking to him was um was great but and it allowed me to to like look at things that this this can be in our business or anything but you get so used to doing the same thing like using my Keurig using even like regular toothpaste and stuff that is like bringing toxic things into our body not to be like a super crunchy granola lady about it but no I'm more crunchy than I ever dreamed of being oh my god I I told my husband I was like I'm literally on the opposite side of who I was a year ago I'm like I have gone down so many insane conspiracy rabbit hole things that end up not being conspiracy and just being like the truth about things welcome to the club (laughs) no and I'm like I honestly I don't even know who I am anymore and I like it but like (laughs) I'll tell Eric something and I'll be like do you think do you think that Captain Crunch is trying to poison my kids and he's like I don't know babe like we don't have to buy it anymore if you don't want but it's like funny because I just oh I've just been rethinking everything but yeah Sadie and I were just talking about that yesterday like it's you know we've been so conditioned that we don't think of how food is impacting us or the things we're putting into or onto our bodies you know what I mean like I do don't get me wrong like I don't live this like as clean of a lifestyle as I could I still have my little vices but it's like you make progress where slow but steady progress right to make like a lasting change but it's like so people don't think that the food they're eating it can correlate to their health like how sick they are or not sick they are and that's that was one of the things because Trevor and Sadie lived with me when he was going through all of his stuff and that was one of the things that just watching it and being I felt like not a lot of people could understand what he was going through. And I, I don't even think I fully understood. And I was 
so close to it, but also slightly removed, right? So it was like, I watched him try every diet under the sun to help his health problems because doctors were just throwing prescriptions at him and telling him he was depressed. And he's like, yeah, but why? Like, why am I depressed? Like, that's fine that you want to fix the depression, but I want to know why I feel this way because I don't know. And nobody was trying to help him get to the root of the problem. They just kept treating the symptoms of the problem. And so <clears throat> he had to take matters into his own hands. And it was just wild to see him go through all of that and where he was. Like, I, I don't know that I thought he was on, like on a real level, like going to make it and be alive and to now where he's at it's like he's a completely different person it's wild and he's done most of these changes through the foods he's eating some like supplementation that sort of thing but it's it's been crazy to see unfold yeah we um gosh he's he I think has had to have the same realization too and this is the point I got to where I was like oh I just trusted I trusted everyone but myself for mm-hmm. way too long. You know, I trusted even like we're just marketed to so well. You know, that's what's crazy <laughs> about once you learn what good marketing is and just mm-hmm. literally everywhere and everything. And we don't even realize like we've been marketed so well to that like we don't even know someone's selling us something or there's something at stake we genuinely think that like no Colgate just wants the best for my teeth and it's like no Colgate's just a company that makes money like what are you you saying and like um a lot of times the things that are the most helpful aren't popular because like they're not a repeated use thing or they actually help the situation and then you don't have to worry about it anymore so it's not on your mind it's like when you can't make money off of somebody that's getting better <laughs> yeah no i literally that's where i'm i'm like oh that's why yeah yeah and it's also like you know you really have to just like you can't try it's not it's not that you have to distrust everyone in your life like this is what i'm working through now is that like no one's out to get me like as a there's no person that's like like my family doctor wasn't like I really hope Hannah fucking is in pain burns in hell like no right he's just you know every single person is a byproduct of a bigger thing and sometimes that you know that is how they make money like my family doctor genuinely I love him he wants the best for me but it's like also he just he has medications that reps bring in and tell him about and he's like oh okay and you know they're just trying to make money from him selling these so they're gonna tell him whatever and that's just how it works like that's how everything works yeah and yeah it's just you have to like I realized I had to get a little more picky and choosy about like number one who I put any type of faith or trust into and like not be lazy and just look out for myself and you know like look into things for myself yeah we with Ava's asthma that was kind of our she was using her inhaler five to ten times a day and there her family doc that we had been seeing his 
only thing was I was like what do we do to fix this like because after watching everything Trevor had gone through I'm like I know she can get better like I know we can we can actually make progress on this and instead of saying like okay like what's she eating what are these things what are th-? it was like well we can put we can up her inhaler to a steroid she can take a steroid every day like God, so just and I was just so like n- no like I, that is not she did not always have asthma like that is not an option for me. I want to make her better. And so we ended up switching doctors. We found like a functional, he's still, I I love him because I, he's like more on the functional side, but like, if you do need a prescription, he's like, yeah, like here, just take this. But like, right. Like it's 2023. We're not going to like not save people's lives or help people. Totally. Like, for to- yeah, yeah. He's like a, a blend. And so I love that. The first thing he did with Ava was he was like, I need you to cut out dairy peanuts um gluten and dairy peanuts gluten there was one other thing five weeks later we went back for a follow-up his <laughs> the initial visit with him was 650 dollars. he doesn't take insurance not that our insurance would have covered it anyways but um and then every appointment after your first one is like 250 dollars. so we go back five weeks later. He's like, Ava's inflammation is gone. She was barely using her inhaler once a week if she needed it. And it was like she would need it at Taekwondo or if she was like around a cat or something like that. So, And now she's been able to incorporate dairy back into her diet. She still is pretty sensitive to gluten, but she'll have like a, a day where she'll kind of eat gluten here and there. But I'm like, okay, like you can't sit here and tell me that foods are not powerful. That was the only change that we made. Mm -hmm. The only change was to her diet and her asthma is completely different than it used to be. So it's, it's been really interesting. So that for us was like, we'll always explore a more of a holistic, like what can we fix about our lifestyle first before we have to start going down a prescription path? Yeah. And I like, that's, what's crazy too is I don't know why there's this big stigma. I mean, we've just been marketed to so well by companies who make all this money that it's like, we there's a stigma that like, Haley, when you're like, no, I'm there's, I'm not gonna, I don't want her on another medication. Like, I want to go see a, a functional medicine doctor. It's like, there's such a big crazy person stigma with like even functional medicine doctors. It's like, oh. Uh, this quack and it's like I don't know why I mean it's beneficial to like big corporations obviously but it's like I don't know why we still have a hard time as society like shaking the idea of like holistic or functional medicine is not crazy for crazy people like yeah if anything it makes more sense it just yeah it goes against the status quo right it's like And people don't like that. It makes people uncomfortable or, I mean, think about it, right? Like if it all of a sudden, if everybody jumps on the functional health train and starts trying to like solve the root of their problems instead of treating the symptoms, big pharma takes a big shit and they're not going to, they're not doing that. You know what I mean? It's too big of a moneymaker for yeah, so many people. They're not, they're not doing that. So of course, like there's no profit in healthy people. <laughs> It really isn't. And it's just not like slowly helping yourself get back to a healthy, balanced physical state is just, there's really nothing sexier, like sensational about it. So it's like, I think 
if doctors or like health professionals were to tell people like, okay, in the next year, we're going to work on this, this, and this slowly. And so your body doesn't go into shock and, you know, eventually you'll be in a super, super healthy balanced state. Your stomach will be, you know, all these things like that's like, people look at that and they're like, Oh, like, I was just hoping you could give me a prescription. Right. It's like, right. That's just like, I have shit to do. So it'd be a lot cooler if you could fix me. Yeah. So it is a hard sell, I think, you know, yeah. um, but it's also like, it's so backwards, man. So backwards. And it, they make it like my insurance. I went to a holistic dentist um, last week for the first time. <laughs> Same thing. It was like, okay, next appointment when you come in and we start working on this stuff, it'll be, I had to pay for it up front, 680 bucks. Yeah. Just the consultation I had was like $200. Uh, yeah. Of course my insurance doesn't take it, but it's like, yeah. At, oh, at some point you're like, I'm, I don't care. And I think, oh no, yeah, I think yeah. that's too part of it. Right. Like you're talking about like the stigma of it. Like what, why is it? Because, and I've been at this point, like, I don't actually give a fuck. If somebody's like, Haley, you're like a kooky conspiracy whack job theorist. I'm like, okay, like, cool thank you I don't know what to say to you like I don't actually give a shit if you think that about me like I'm doing what I feel is best for myself and my family and my kid and like that's all there's going we're going to do about it and she's getting better so it's like it's different if you know what I mean so it's like you have to get you have to be ready for people to disagree with you and to be very 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 opinionated on a disagreement like I'm sure we like if anybody's still listening to this at this point there are probably people that have been like fuck these two bitches I'll never listen to the, them again and that's fine yeah but you no, know what I mean the thing is it's like you're not me either you're not Eva's mom you're not you know like you haven't been through experiences like yeah I it's so funny you said that I um when I was like really first like hitting my quote-unquote threshold a couple weeks ago I was just like crying to my husband one night and I was like I don't even care. Like I, I'm just, I'm going to like, I know I'm capable of fixing my own body. I'm going to, I'm fucking going to give this hell. And I'm like, I don't even care if people think I'm crazy. I kept saying that while I was crying. My (laughs) husband was finally like, he's like, pause. Like, wait, he's like, who thinks you're crazy? Like I, you're just, you're making up this story. Like there's going to be like a freaking protest out front every morning when you wake up about being crazy. And yeah, I mean, would you have thought you were crazy a few months ago, though? That's, yeah, that's what yes. I'm saying. Yes. That's what I'm saying. It's like there's a projection. That Yes. Nobody – no one will probably care. And if they do, like like you were saying, like I literally don't give a fuck. Like I don't care if people think I'm crazy because it's like also you've not been in my body, you right. know. And it it's pretty crazy if I were to like write out a list of what's been going on with me. It's more crazy for me to just – not try something different yeah yeah so yeah but he was it's so funny because he's like I think you're just being paranoid and also like if somebody thinks you're crazy they think you're crazy like so what he's like I don't really think like that matters or anyone's gonna think you're crazy but I was worried about that because I like you said I would have thought I was crazy yeah yeah I totally totally get it like you said like you literally have nothing to lose because if you try it and it doesn't work or you don't see a result like you can just go back to what you're doing now you but know not, yeah but I didn't get in the situation I'm in because what I'm doing now works obviously a so thousand. It's like, no I totally know I totally know but it's like for people that have that like block of like 
I don't want people to think I'm crazy or I don't want, you know, it's like, well, then just say you're just going to try it out. And then the worst thing that you do is like, at least for us with Ava, it was like the worst thing we do is clean up her diet for six weeks and see what happens. And if we see no progress, then like, okay, she can just go back to eating like fried chicken. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, and then she can go back to using her inhaler 10 times a day and be miserable. So yeah, that's that age too where you're like, okay, you're a young woman. Like you do have to help yourself uh-huh. on this. Like you're not a baby or a kid. Like Yeah. Well, and she like at first she was like, I she was like she was willing to try anything, but it was really hard at first for her. But then it she was able to connect, especially with gluten. She was able to connect her asthma so quickly with it that she's like, it's not even worth me having it like if she sprinkles it in now because it's been so long she can do it but she's like it's not even worth me doing it because it would instantly make me feel so bad I'm like I get it I get it girl so yep I uh yeah I need I need your coffee recommendations so I can overhaul that yeah I'll send you all the links I'll send you the link for the Nespresso and then I'll send you the links for what you'd need to order like the because it's cashew milk that you use Um, because oat milk can actually be really bad for you. It's like, there's something in oat milk. I forget. I don't remember what it does. I think it like fucks with your cortisol, but, um, especially if that's the first thing you're drinking on an empty stomach, it can be, everybody drinks it to like feel better. But so the, yeah, so it's, um, cashew milk, maple syrup, salt, and cinnamon. And it's, that's it. And it's yummy. Honestly, I love cashew. So. yeah it's so good so yeah. I'll send you the links that you need and then you can have the best coffee you'll ever have in your whole life I really really can't wait yeah I cannot wait so, it just a lot of things I know I'm gonna go make mine right now <laughs> lucky <laughs> oh Hanny, this was so great um if you're still here I feel like you're probably our people and we XO mm-hmm. XO love you or are you hate our guts and you're just listening so you can tell everybody much how, how much you hate us now but thanks for writing the crazy train <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys next time or chat with you next time i should say but we love you so so much love you guys i'll talk to you later okay love you bye, love you, bye.